We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome back to Coast to Coast. On today's show, we're going to talk about the regular season's show of Aces versus Liberty, playoff watch for the seven and eight seeds, and a look ahead to Sun versus Liberty later this week. Hal, are you ready to get into it? I'm so ready. We got so much to talk about. Let's hit it. Yeah. Uh, so let's get into our headline of the week. Uh, we're finally done watching the Aces and the Liberty play against each other in the regular season. And I tweeted yesterday, I was like, for the millionth time, it's going to be Aces versus Liberty, it feels like. Um, but just looking at their regular season, they went two and two. The Liberty did win last night. And that is not including the Commissioner's Cup win that the Liberty had over the Aces. So if you wanted to count that, then it would be 3-2 in favor of the Liberty, which is huge, I think, just based on how the season started with how the Aces looked. Um, but what do you make of the way that this matchup has kind of developed throughout the regular season? I think the development of this matchup really tells the story of both of these two teams' seasons, even apart from this matchup. When you look at how the Aces started off the season as a team that we were talking about, maybe the best team ever, and how the Liberty started off the season sort of a little bit slower, trying to find that chemistry. Uh, obviously, JJ working away back from that stress fracture. And now we see these two teams sort of going in opposite directions with the Aces running into kind of a wall with some of that fatigue, JJ really finding her footing in, in the Liberty, just that cohesiveness being on display. And when you look at the evolution of that, like the first matchup between these two teams, the Aces ran away with it. Uh, two out of the last three matchups, including the Commissioner's Cup, the Liberty sort of ran away. They didn't completely dominate last night. They One of those, they won by 38, but the Aces never really were in it at the end, I feel like. And and that just, I think, is like a microcosm of what both of these teams have sort of the journey that they've been on throughout the whole season. 
Yeah, and you know, you kind of said the F word there, which is fatigue. Uh, that's <laughs> been, yeah, see, I, I just thought of that too. But uh, that's kind of been the word of the week for the Aces. It's something that you and I talked about last week a little bit, but it feels like much more relevant um, just seeing how they fared this week. What are your thoughts on that and like how they might be feeling heading into the remainder of the season? Because I know, I think even Becky said that they're tired. Yeah, I saw, you know, the the quote before the game, Becky saying how, like she felt like uh, I, I apologize. I don't remember who tweeted this out, so I can't give credit. But about that, Becky said she felt like she was putting her foot on the gas and there was no gas left in the tank. And that she almost considered pulling, you know, the Greg Popovich, who she who she worked for and basically just like arresting everyone, uh, mm-hmm. which she didn't. The players didn't let her. And that's good because we got a better game out of it. But at some point you have to. And the tough thing for the Aces is that it was looking like they might be able to clinch the one seed early enough to be able to do that. But after that game, they're only one game ahead, one and a half, one game ahead in the loss column of the Liberty. So they still have to keep trying if they want home court advantage in game five of the finals, if it gets that far. And they may end up having to play all their players full minutes throughout the last day. This The one seed may not be decided until the final day. It depends how things go. So mm-hmm. it's going to be really tough for them. You you really feel like you saw Sid Colson come in in the third quarter, right? Like you feel like this team just needs another body. And it'll be interesting to see if if they're able to find ways to sort of get their players a little bit of rest, even just here and there throughout games down the stretch so that they can be just a little bit fresher coming into the playoffs. Yeah, and you can see like how we talked about last week where they're missing Candace Parker on that regard too, because I think if they even had her in the lineup, things might be a little bit easier uh, on the entire team. Um, but let's get to last night's game because I think as much as it was that you know the Aces are probably tired at this point, I think the Liberty did quite a few things to actually just make life very difficult for the Aces. Um, what did you see from the offense that you liked? Yeah, well, I saw a couple things. Uh, number one, more generally than just the offense, JJ got into early foul trouble and the Liberty actually went on a run after that happened, which was, I think was huge because the two games we saw them play back to back in the Commissioner's Cup and then two days later, a few weeks ago, uh, they they dominated in the Commissioner's Cup because JJ showed up big and won the MVP that game. Next game, John Quill gets into first half foul trouble and the Aces sort of go on a run and that was really kind of when they decided the game. Uh, because of like without Candace, we talked about it last week, how difficult of a matchup John Quell presents for the aces when they have to go small. So that was big to me, the Liberty finding a way to still extend that lead without having that matchup and in, in the dominance that John Quell brings on the court was a big deal uh, compared to even just where they were two weeks ago in this matchup. The other thing that I saw specifically from the offense that I think was big and another sort of evolution piece to the Liberty season is Sabrina getting to the rim in finishing or drawing contact. We saw, you know, earlier in the season, and by the way, shout out to Miles Ehrlich. This is two out of two that I've shouted him out on this pod. We'll have to see if we can keep that streak going. Um, we, Me and him were texting beforehand, before the game, and he was telling me how, you know, like Sabrina has become a really efficient driver throughout the season, which wasn't the case at the beginning of the year. She's having arguably the best three-point shooting season ever, but Earlier in the season, uh, she wasn't really that. That was about all she was bringing in terms of scoring. Uh, she was forty-four percent at the rim before the All Star break, which was the worst in the league by far, with two attempts per game, at least two attempts per game at the rim. 
August, she's 70%. Last five games, she's 83%, which is top five in the league. NECA's 82%. Asia is 84%. To give you some perspective, she's right there recently in terms of her percentage at the rim. So she's gone from basically one of the worst to one of the best in a matter of like a month in terms of finishing at the rim. Uh, and we saw a lot last night, as you see here, that she got a switch, took Kia Stokes off the bounce. This is an offhand finish too. These weren't just like, easy wide open layups that we were seeing. Mm -hmm. She was challenging people, drawing contact, getting to the free throw line, attacking switches. It was, it was something that it's a really big piece to Liberty offense because, and look at that finish. That was an amazing finish. Like when you talk about someone who's shooting as well as she is at high volume, like she is, when you're able to also put rim pressure like that, it just adds a whole new dimension that makes them that much tougher to guard. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's been huge for her development as well, because there have been a lot of moments in the past where it feels like the second she's faced with any kind of pressure on the defense, she kind of her confidence kind of goes down. And that's kind of where errors start to start to come in for her. So to see her attacking the rim like that and not being afraid to do it against a team like the Aces, who are very good defensively as well, um, like honestly good for her. Uh, and speaking of defense, because it wasn't only the offense that went well for Liberty last night. In fact, even like when you mentioned when JJ went into early foul trouble there, I thought that the Liberty were able to go on the runs that they did because of their defense. And something that I specifically was watching for was the way that they were disrupting the Aces uh, passes. Because what we've talked about about this Vegas team this entire year has been how many offensive players they have on their squad. Therefore, the ball movement is incredibly big all the time. You have a lot of good playmakers and they love to make those extra passes. Um, what the Liberty were able to do last night is disrupt the passing. And that in turn led to a lot of turnovers for the aces, just like you see right there. And I found that they did this throughout, like consistently throughout the entire game, which is what let them build up a lead and let them uh, finish, uh, down the stretch. Um, I just thought this was really impressive because like you have to play good defense against these top teams in the league. If you want to have like a more solid game, like if I were the Liberty, like they don't want to play from behind, especially when it comes to a team like Vegas. Um, but they were so good. Like they were double teaming like Chelsea Gray there. Like they were double teaming, forcing her to make that extra pass. And it just felt like they the aces didn't know what to do. Like they kept trying to find open looks, um, but that just wasn't the case. And I thought the Liberty did a really good job of trapping um, and just overall just like looking for the passer, especially when you have a team like aces who have so many offensive threats. I think it's way more important than just to like go ISO on everybody. Um, but yeah, I really like that. But now that this matchup is done for the regular season, who do you have more confidence in the playoffs if this were to be the finals matchup? Because now I feel like it's way more even than it was at the beginning of the season. Yeah, you know, it's so close at this point. I mean, it if the finals started today, I would definitely say the Liberty. Uh, I do think... Do we know for sure? Uh, I have heard that Candace is out for the season. I have heard that we don't know for sure. I actually don't know the answer. Do you know the answer to that? Uh, if there's even a chance that she comes I back? Know. I know. It's they time. haven't really said anything, I don't think. Like, right. I haven't Which really they don't have seen to, much. obviously. Yeah, they don't but, have to. So um, that's why I'm also just, like, not sure. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, without knowing that, I mean, to me, it feels pretty unlikely that she comes back. If she were to come back, that would definitely change things for me. And... Also, if the Aces are able to clinch the one seed and get their starter some rest, even just like one game off at the end of the season, I think that changes things for me too. Uh, mm -hmm. So it's possible that the, by the time we actually get to the finals, if this matchup is what we get, which is still over a month away, that 
I'm feeling differently. But if game one of the finals were starting tonight, I would take the Liberty. I would give at least a small edge to the Liberty even right now. And if the Liberty were somehow able to steal that one seed and steal home court in that series, it would just swing it even that much more towards the Liberty, in my opinion. Yeah, I definitely see that for the home court advantage uh, part of the equation because they well, have played really well at home. But um, I think I'm still leaning aces just because that stretch, that that week where they played each other a couple of times and the aces won after the Commissioner's Cup uh, loss. I think the aces have what it takes to stay in a series. I think the Liberty need to develop a little bit more experience playing the same team over and over because it did seem like they get they got a little bit fatigued and a little bit tired of facing the same squad in the same week. Um, so I think that's something that I think that's also just an experience thing. Like that's what we've talked about the Liberty all season long with they've needed time to gel and it, they've been saying it over and over and over. And we've seen that come to fruition now. So maybe that happens in the playoffs as well. Maybe by the time they get to the finals, they're used to playing the same team over and over. Um, but I think like right now, although the aces are tired, I think a lot of teams are tired and uh, it's, it's so close for me. It's so hard. And I actually really hate making predictions, but I think I would like give a really small edge to the aces emphasis on small. Cause I just think it's that even. Yeah, I think, I mean, to me, that from what we've seen in this series, what honestly would not be shocking at all to me if we, if we get a five-game series is basically four blowouts that go two and two each way, which I hope that doesn't happen because I'm ready for like a down-to-the-wire finish between these two teams. But yeah, I like these teams are so close and yet the games aren't close. And part of that is because of how much they both shoot the three ball. So one goes hot, one goes cold. All of a sudden it's a 20-point game. Uh, but, and then obviously part of that is like the fatigue that we talked about and different other things, but I could easily see a really close series without all the games being close, but I do think the series would go five and I just hope that if nothing else, game five would be at least really close. Yeah. And like, not to compare it to the men's side, but it just makes me think of, because I'm, you know, from Toronto and Raptors supporter over the years it makes me think of like in 2019 when the Raptors and the 76ers faced off against each other and they went to seven games like and that Kawhi buzzer beater determined the whole series but up until then the games were very much up and down and like I actually had no idea who was going to win the series so like I wouldn't be surprised if something like that happened with the Aces and the Liberty where like every game like you said is a blowout until like the last one and then we just get like an incredible very tight finish like that could be in the cards well, sign me up for that. I mean, I, not necessarily the blowout part, but like the iconic shot that everyone's going to remember forever in game seven, or in this case, game five to finish the mm -hmm. series. Sign me up for that all day, no matter who hits it, no matter who wins. Sign me up for that as a basketball fan. Yeah, yeah. So we'll, we'll see. I'm, I'm excited for the playoffs, though. Um, but all right, speaking of the playoffs, let's go to Hear Me Out. Uh, our topic for this week is which team makes the playoffs and specifically in that seventh and eighth seed we had four teams that we're kind of looking at right now who are in play for those two seeds which is fever of the sky the sparks and the dream um cal is going to talk about the dream i'm going to talk about the sparks we both think that they are the ones who eventually make the seven and eighth seed um not that like the fever of the sky are, they're not mathematically out of it but just based on the points that we're about to talk about we will explain why. Um, because Cal went first last week in the Hear Me Out segment. I'm going to go first because <laughs> I made him go first last week. 
uh, since he was so quick to take the Sun as the most dangerous <laughs> team in the playoffs. Um, but I'll go with the Sparks. I think they're right now they're at the eighth seed. I think that's kind of where they stay. They're 15 and 19 right now. They were on that six-game win streak before their latest loss to the Sun. I think what they've been able to do, because there's been a lot of questions surrounding this roster for a long time. And honestly, like they've really struggled with the injury bug this season. I mean, they just announced that Lexi Brown is going to be out for the remainder of the season with uh, a non-COVID illness, which really sucks for this team. Um, it's also not like the only absence we've seen from this roster throughout the whole season. So I think the way that they've been able to find a way to win games when it matters, close things out in the fourth quarter, like right when they need to make the playoffs, I think that's what gives me confidence that they will remain in that top eight. I mean, you look at Jordan Canada, who is a candidate for most improved player of the year. NECA is playing at a, at a fantastic level again. I think there's some pieces up here, like Carly, the way Carly's been playing. There's pieces here that make them good enough to make the playoffs. And I think, like, I don't see well, the way the Sky have been playing this season. I honestly, like, at the beginning of the season, I had them to make the playoffs. But I just think it's not going to shake out that way just with the way things have gone. Um, so yeah, I think the Sparks make that eighth spot as tight as it seems to be in the rankings right now. Yeah, you know, the the Sparks have been incredible down the stretch here. The last game they lost, but before that, I mean, six straight wins. And like you said, with all those injuries. So to me, like, I also think the Dream are going to get in. And I should say that I have been probably wrong about the Sky more than I've been wrong about any team all year consistently. <laughs> so we're going to look back at this and maybe I'll be wrong again. Uh, this guy has just been proving me wrong for months now. But uh, when I'm looking at this, it's not even really about how these teams are playing on the court right now because absolutely the Sparks are playing a million times better than Atlanta is in the last month or so. Atlanta is going to back their way into the playoffs and the Sparks are surging into the playoffs. That being said, like obviously the Dream are still in the seventh spot, so they kind of have a leg up in terms of just uh, the standings. Um, they have a two game lead on the sky who are in ninth. Uh, so, you know, obviously they could fall one spot to the sparks and be fine. They are favored tonight as we're recording this, by the time you're listening to this, these games will be decided, but dream are favored sky or not tonight. So the dream could have a three game lead by the time you're listening to this. And when you look at the rest of the schedule, uh, the dream have a fairly soft schedule. They, they get the mercury tonight. They get the links, they get the storm. The Sky have to go on the road at the Sparks, who, like we talked about, are playing incredible basketball tonight. Then they still have to play the Liberty. They still have to go to Connecticut. So the schedule just doesn't really set up very well in these last five or so games for the Sky to be able to catch Atlanta. Now, like maybe if the Sky beat the Sparks tonight, they could catch the Sparks and sneak into the eight seed. Uh, we'll see. I'm, I'm just don't see Atlanta as much as they've struggled on the stretch here, actually dropping all the way to the nine seed. So I think the dream get in. I think in the end, we're both going to be right, though. I do think the dream, whether they flip places or not, seven and eight are going to be the seven and the eight seed, the dream and the sparks. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, because I was going to ask you, do you think that like the Atlanta's like three game losing streak worries you a little bit? In terms of making the playoffs, no, because okay. they still have a little bit of a cushion and they have a softer schedule. In terms of how they're gonna play in the playoffs, yes. Like I <laughs> yeah. I think Atlanta is two games and done in the playoffs, and I don't think those two games are gonna be close in like not to be a hater, but they're gonna get either the Liberty or the Aces. 
as the seven or the eight seed. Atlanta has not been playing well. Liberty have been playing awesome. So I don't see Atlanta really hanging with them in either of those two games. If that's the matchup, if they get the aces, could they maybe hang around for one of those two games? Like we saw the game the other day that Asia dropped 53 and it still was, I think what a 12 point game. It's not like the aces ran away with it. So it's possible, but I still just don't really see the dream actually significantly threatening either of those two teams in the first round, the way that they've been playing a month and a half ago when the dream were playing great in June, I, I would have said a different story. Like the dream knocked off the Liberty at one point, you know, and, and they mm-hmm. played the aces tough. So it would have been yeah. different, but the way they've been playing down the stretch, I, it, it definitely concerns me for them in terms of how they're going to play in the playoffs, but I think they're going to get there. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, surprise again, we agree on here. We out. Although this time we weren't really like debating each other to be fair. <laughs> um, but let's move on to our matchup of the week and that is a team that we've already talked about in this pod the new york liberty versus the connecticut sun now let's just revisit their last matchup which didn't happen very long ago um the sun are up by six with about 38 seconds to go uh sab's gonna hit a corner three here and cut it uh to within four and then crazy stuff is happening in these last few seconds. Bajanaja misses that three. Stewie grabs the rebound, puts it back. And all of a sudden, it is a two-point game. Now, this is the crazy part. Beck Allen fouls on that Sab three, uh, which is not what you want to do when there's like a second left in the game. Sab hits two out of the three uh, free throws. I actually thought she was going to hit all three. And the game goes to overtime, which the New York Liberty end up taking that. in. Quite possibly the most surprising end to a regular uh, season game I've seen this season. Uh, the sounds that I was making at my TV, I was like, I could not believe what was happening um, in such a short amount of time. But uh, what did you think about that last play to send uh, to foul Sap, which ultimately sent them to overtime after the Sun were leading pretty much the entire game? Yeah, well, obviously that's that's a tough way to lose, and that's tough. Like if you're, if you're Beck Allen, you're you're in scramble mode, so it's it's kind of hard to lay off there. But you know, I I see like I I, I like if you put yourself in her shoes, like I, you're not ready for that because your team just had the ball and turned it over, and a little bit of like a lackadaisical play, which you don't see very often on that inbound with Alyssa Thomas and Dewana Bonner. The thing to me about this game, like you talked about that last uh, sequence, their last 30 seconds or so when they were down six, the Liberty had been climbing this mountain to get to that point for the whole really second half. They were down 20 at one point and to even cut it to six to two possessions under a minute left, like they had to obviously climb this huge mountain. So this is a, a demoralizing loss if you're the Connecticut Sun. If, if you're the Liberty, obviously this is a super energizing win, something you can build on. And it's going to be interesting to see how both teams respond in this next game. Because like on one hand, if you're the sun, like you're pissed off. I You have to be. And uh, but on the other hand, the Liberty are definitely going to have more to play for because almost certainly the sun are going to be in the three seed. Liberty are still fighting for that one seed. And this game might matter in terms of the one seed, not only for the Liberty, obviously just winning the game, but the the tiebreaker between the Liberty and the Aces, I believe, after their two to two head to head, is going to be record against five hundred or better teams, which this is going to come into play for that. So uh, it's it's a big deal for the Liberty. If you're the Sun, 
and you're locked into the three seed, I, you're not going to rest people. Like you're going to try. I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, they're not going to try. They're going to sit all their starters. Mm-hmm. But if you're locked into that spot, are you really going to, in terms of X's and O's, kind of like bust out all of your secrets, you know, in terms of the chess match? And you're going to maybe keep some stuff in your back pocket because this is maybe very likely going to be the two versus three semifinal. Uh, and you're going to get three, four, or five games between these te- two teams in the playoffs. So, you really don't want to show your hand, I think, if you're Steph White in, in that regard. So I'm just fascinated to see how the Sun handle this game from a lot of those different perspectives. Um, but it like that game was an, an incredible finish. To, yeah, just all around that run by the New York Liberty and, and the way that game ended was fantastic, just from a neutral yeah. fan basketball perspective. Oh, yeah. And I think you had like a little nugget about uh, Beck Allen as well at the end there. Yes, I did. I almost forgot. Thank you for reminding me that that play. We You're should welcome. go back. And, uh, we have to go back and play that first play though. The play where Sabrina cut it to. Yeah, there you go. Uh, where she cut it from six to three here on the mm-hmm. sideline, out of bounds. That little handoff in the corner from John Quell. Uh, they actually the Sandy has run this before, a few times, but notably, she's run that she ran this for Beck Allen, Steph Dolson. Same handoff in the corner there you see for three to tie the game late last year against the mystics. I found that interesting that they ran this play for Beck Allen last year, late game situation, needing a three. Right. And then this year they run this play against Beck Allen. Now Beck Allen wasn't guarding Sabrina on that play. Uh, Beck Allen was obviously very involved in the following play when she fouled Sabrina, but just uh, like a weird sort of poetic, I don't know the word like twist of irony that uh, Beck Mm -hmm. Allen took advantage of this play uh, and then a year later is on the wrong end of it. So uh, I like when, when Karina sent me this, like, and told me to clip this video, I, I watched this and it like, I didn't even occur to me live when I watched it. And then when I watched it back, I realized, wait, I've seen this before. So I, I thought that was funny. Do you get deja vu? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's pretty much how that went. Uh, I'm not going to sing again on the spot, but that uh, was. I thought that was kind of funny. Um, but okay, let's look at the Sun and the Liberty. Like, yeah, you mentioned that the Sun may not want to show their hand on Friday when they play, but let's look at their season like overall. Um, and my surprise question to you that I said before we got on the pod that I was going to save, are the Sun a greater threat to Liberty than the Aces? this point in the season oh wow uh like in the playoffs you mean mm-hmm. oh you know no <laughs> i'm still gonna say no i'm no? sorry to the to the sun uh this is gonna end up on a disrespect video but <laughs> didn't they I, use your voice or something they that? did i i was on that video uh a couple weeks ago which by the okay side note this isn't what you asked but i would like to point out for the record that that quote that they used where I was talking about how Stewie and Asia are the two that you're always looking at for MVP. I followed that quote up with talking about (laughs) how Alyssa Thomas is actually also making a big push and should be in the conversation. Uh, I'm like 99% sure (laughs) I said that. I I definitely said that on some pod, like 99% sure that I said that literally in the same sentence. I might be wrong about that part. I couldn't go back and find it, but I just want everyone to know that, AT, I, I like have a ton of respect for AT, and I think that she is really making a push for the MVP right now, especially after neither Asia or or Stewie has really dominated in the matchup against each other, like we saw last night. So uh, I think actually that's a good point about this game, though, is that 
this might be because AT is still clearly third. Again, put it on a disrespect video. I don't care. I actually loved <laughs> that they did that, though. I don't mind that they took me out of context because I thought it was that. hilarious. I, I laughed a lot. I just wanted everyone to know. But she's still clearly third. The thing is, though, I think this game could be sort of her last gasp to make that push and get into that conversation uh, just because head-to-head does matter so much and how you play against the two top teams and also the other two top candidates that you're chasing. So that'll be yeah. honestly what I'm watching for, for the sun as much as in, whether they win the game or not, because whether they win doesn't really matter for them in terms of the standings. But to go back to your question that I like somewhat dodged. Uh, no, <laughs> I don't think the sun are as much of a threat to the Liberty as the aces, even right now, even a fatigued aces, I would probably still say are a bigger threat to the Liberty, but the Sun are enough of a threat. Like, I absolutely could see the Sun taking a game, maybe two, in the five-game semifinal series if we get that. I don't think they're going to be an easy out by any stretch. And, I mean, who knows? Like, last year, I think most of us probably thought that the Sky were going to come out of that semifinal series, and they didn't. The Sun beat them in five games. So, yeah. this is another one that the Sun could completely make me look wrong. But if you ask me right now who I would rather play, Aces or Sun, if I'm the Liberty or if I'm any team, I'm still taking this on. Okay. Okay. Well, thank you for answering my question, my surprise question. Um, I think I agree with you. Uh, obviously, I obviously agree with you since I have the Aces having the slight advantage over the Liberty right now. So I would not think that the Sun do. But yeah, it'll be very interesting to see them play again on Friday. Um, definitely clipping when you said uh, put this in a disrespect video. I don't care. Like I'm totally running with that. So thank you for saying that. Um, but yeah, I thought I thought that video too was really funny that they just took a bunch of people, which I'm sure like I'm sure half of them were probably saying the same thing after that, like AT should still very much be in the conversation. But you know, sometimes <laughs> you just you just need to run with the narrative. It's fine. And we we respect yeah, no, it. No, I, I actually like that a lot. Like for real. Props. I'm not like just saying that. Like props to the Connecticut Sun team, the social team for being hilarious. And like <laughs> you can take me out of context all you want if it's funny. Because I like being funny is completely worth like bending any journalistic integrity, in my opinion. Um, so <laughs> do it. They actually did it like a few years ago, too. You remember the year when the Mystics were really dominant in 2019 and the Mystics beat the Sun in the finals. And at some point I tweeted something. I don't remember what it was. It's about how the Mystics are really good, basically. That's like all it was. Uh, and that tweet ended up in a disrespect video. So no. <laughs> uh, it's it's like it's a tradition. I enjoy it. Be careful, I uh, guess. Yeah, I guess. We'll yeah. See if it happens again. You either be careful, or you you don't care if your quotes get taken <laughs> uh, for a video. But yeah, no, we'll see what happens. Um, I I might even just clip that and send it to them directly. So maybe they'll use. Feel free. Go go, go for it. <laughs> Not to sabotage you or anything like that. Uh, but yeah, that's been coast to coast. Uh, one thing I do want to promote before we get you out of here is the Her Hoop Stats newsletter. There's a bunch of really cool stuff. It gets sent straight to your inbox once you subscribe. Um, there's stuff every day from like off-season guides to things about the sky. There's a column called Gimme Five. Um, yeah, lots of really great stuff over there. So make sure you go subscribe if you haven't already. Uh, find us on social media at Her Hoop Stats. You can also find us on the Twitter app, which has already like, I. I texted Calvin today. I was like trying to DM him about planning the show and it already like I got locked out of the DMs, like the Twitter 
rate limit, whatever it's called. Um, <laughs> first time that's ever happened to me because I'm in the States right now. So my phone number isn't working, but uh, God bless you. Our third plan with no texting in the States, no Twitter DMs because of Elon and <laughs> found Everybody's a way to... just moved to WhatsApp. It's fine. Um, yeah. Not an app. <laughs> I should say that. But uh, yeah, Calvin, where can the people find you on Twitter? Well, I'm glad you asked because this week we were smart and put it on the screen <laughs> if you're watching. Most of you aren't. So see Wetzel31. Yeah. And you can find me at Karina MM or on Instagram at Karina Musava, if that's your kind of thing too. Her Hoop Stats is also on Instagram. Um, we're getting into our posting clips from the pod bag. Um, we posted one on Sammy Whitcomb last week and we'll be posting more um, for this week's episode as well. But yeah, this was a lot of fun. We'll see you next Wednesday morning. Bye.